0: Hi, uh, This is Max Brooks, the writer of World War Z and the upcoming book, Devolution, and you are listening to Without Your Head.
1: Facebook, I'm Nasty Meal,
2: and,
1: mm-hmm. and this is the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head, and we're joined by the fine people here of Driven. We have the director, Glenn
0: Payne. Hey, everybody.
1: We have the stars of Driven, as well as a writer, Casey Dillard.
3: I, I want a I cool name. Can I be like Carnivorous Casey or something? You definitely. Can I can. I'm, okay. I am in full support of this.
0: Gang Green Glenn.
3: <laughs> All right. And the the wretched Richard just stepped out for a moment, oh, it looks like.
1: Oh, man, wretched Richard. He's already out. I gave permission to leave if he got sick of us, but I, I didn't think it would just take, you know, 10 seconds.
2: Like wretched
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not improving of this uh, this intro. But anyway, it's uh, good to have everybody here. I've, I've talked to Casey and, uh, and Glenn before, but never in video. Yeah, just a little over a year ago.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having us again. Yeah, definitely.
1: So, uh, for people who didn't listen to the last one, what inspired the story of Driven?
0: Uh, well, uh, I thought it would be uh, a fun idea to make a movie that took place in or around a single vehicle. I thought that could be kind of a cool, uh, different way to tell a story. And I, uh, as I've probably said before, I think I mentioned to Casey, that I thought it would be easy, mm-hmm. uh, which was very foolish. Um, but then we both kind of made two different pitches, uh, two different basic ideas for what a story in general could be. And, uh, and then we had a couple friends kind of vote on them and she won. Uh, as much as I'm, my ego takes a a hit for saying so she, hers was better. Hers was better. Uh, and then Casey, maybe the the story itself, that's all you.
3: Yeah. So, um, I think that, Sometimes having parameters helps my writing, maybe. So, once I had the idea of they need to be in or near this car the whole time, that, that helped out with a lot of the writing because I had to have a reason for them to be in a car, a reason for both of them to stay in the car, and like what <laughs> makes two people in a car feel compelling. And uh, so, just sort of wrote around that.
1: You said about, you know, the problems of actually shooting in the car. And uh, so you can – I would think, you know, um, keeping it interesting and also the – what I noticed this time watching it again, I think the lighting is to keep – to have it lit and realistically lit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which is really challenging too because – the you know you're inside a box essentially uh and you can get light in there but you but you can only do so many things so uh that was a big challenge for michael williams our dp and the rest of the lighting team camera camera department so uh they did an awesome job coming up with little gags and ways to have light yeah. in there and i had some stuff built in that i knew i wanted to do like the red light of the sign for a more intense scene and brake lights and You know, trying to come up with ways for it to vary from scene to scene and shot to shot so it didn't become stiff or stale uh, as much as possible in a way. And and working with kind of the the limitations of the budget we had, you know, to to do things that felt like they belonged together visually.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Richard, since you're here back, uh, what interested you in the movie? Mm -hmm.
4: The big fat paycheck. (laughs) I mean, they just... They came to the table with a number that I, I mean, I couldn't, what am I going to do? Walk away? Come on, Mm what of my nuts? Uh, no, you know what? It's it was, it was a great script. And I knew Glenn and Casey from, we kind of crossed paths a couple of times at the Oxford film festival and, uh, in Oxford, Mississippi. And, you know, I liked them as people they, and they had made some really fun short films that I'd seen that were challenging and clever and interesting in various ways. Um, and then I had, I had a DVD of like all Glenn and Casey's greatest hits. Like, so I'd seen a bunch of their stuff. And, um, and then, so when they reached out, it said they had this, this script, they wanted to give to read. And so, cause I already knew him. We had a, a cordial relationship. I was like, that, that's no problem. When I read the thing, I just thought it was super clever. It's just a super well done, well done movie. And, you know, I, I get the idea of writing, writing a movie that you know, you can shoot, which is the challenge. Right. And so, been there, done that. You're writing for the confines of what you have access to and what you have, what you are able to shoot financially, and and what they were able to do was create a story that never felt like it was hindered by their limitations. I know because we all talked about it, and we're all filmmakers, and we can talk about what those limitations are. But Casey's script was clever without having to be with an asterisk by the it thing. It's clever. However, it's going to be a smaller movie. It didn't matter because the way they, they the way they told the story, made the story on paper, it justified all the story you needed. It 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 told the story she was aiming to tell and had the fun beats and plot moments and everything in the story. I just thought it was super super well done, and it's and it's so close to theater. And I know they have theatrical backgrounds. I love theater, and it was very much these two characters were you know doing this in. Uh, I don't want to say in a theatrical context, that sounds like it's big and broad, but I mean the way the characters are developed, the way the dialogue plays out, the way the scenes play out. These are not, this is not a Tony Scott chopped up, you know, bing bang movie. It's a, it's a, the story plays out through these conversations and these moments they are very character driven. And for an actor, I mean, that's, that's really why you get into acting, you know, you get into acting so you can, craft an arc and tell a story and, and, and have the give and take of, of well-written dialogue. And I thought it was all sitting right there. So to me, it was a no brainer.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for Casey and Glenn, what, what, why did you guys think, you know, Richard was uh, right for the role?
3: Um,
0: Only person who would say yes.
3: Yeah. Everyone <laughs> else turned us down.
0: Just, and... I was, uh, <laughs> you're, you're checking the boxes. You got to the S's. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Uh. Roger is such a specific character I think and you have to have somebody that can sort of hit all the beats like number one they're good at comedy number two they understand where the comedy is coming from in Roger's case Um, they have to be like somewhat formidable and, and competent at what they're doing so that, like, we can sell the threat in the beginning and so that you can buy that he's been able to get by on his own in this mission for this long. But, like, you, you uh, basically, there's there's a lot of notes that you need to know that the actor can hit, and between like, the, the two of us encountering him in various parts of his filmography, I think we kind of we're pretty confident that he could do all of that and we were right. So.
1: Yeah, and uh, when Richard, uh, you know, talked about, you know, kind of theatrical in the acting, um, I think since it's two, it's, the whole movie is mostly basically the two of you and you're also uh, in a car a lot of times. So you're either like sitting next to each other or sitting uh, behind each other. Uh, um, I guess like, uh, is that difficult to, to act where, you know, one person's in front of the other where you're not necessarily looking at each other.
4: I didn't find it so, no. I mean, because I think it's, it's – it's, if you are committed to what you're doing, it's more like real life. You sit in the back seat, you talk to somebody in the front seat. I mean, it's like it's how people communicate in a vehicle. Um, so I, I never found that part challenging. You know, I think Glenn's challenge uh, was to create blocking, which he already talked about. You talked about it from the lighting and directing Camera position, but there's also the actor blocking blocking angle, which is like, what can we do with these two people so they're not constantly in these same seats the whole time, you know? And and within the confines of that car, we actually were able to mix it up a lot in terms of I'm right behind Casey, or I'm in the middle, or I crawl over, then she's behind me, and then she takes over the, you know, then I drive for a hot second. So there's actually a lot of sort of clever use of that space for its limitations, but all that felt real because I think you, even in Casey, you could speak to this yourself, but it doesn't, it never felt unnatural to be behind you or be in the back seat because again, we, we all know what that feels like. We all right. know that, that, that position.
2: The
3: only, the only thing I didn't like was I, I personally had to like limit the amount of actual eye contact I could hold because she would have to watch the road. Right. Right. Um, But you know, that again, that's like life. I can't, I can't be having these like meaningful eye contact conversations with someone while I'm driving. So it fit.
1: Yeah. Uh, How about the reflections? Is that something you had to to watch out for make sure nothing shows up in the, you know, you don't see a camera in the, in the, in the windows.
0: Absolutely. Um, but it it worked out pretty well. I mean, you involve glass at all. Um, that's a problem, but I think it ended up being less of an issue than maybe expected, I suppose. And that's a lot of that's a testament to Michael, our DP. Once again, uh, he's really great at watching out for that kind of stuff and, and being really keen about any issues. And In some ways we had more problems with like, uh, there, there's some parts of the movie where we we faked that we were driving. So we were in kind of kind of like studio setup. And they would be doing wherever there was like large, really, uh, really large chunks of dialogue, several, several pages. We would try to do those indoors so they could just focus on that. And uh, strangely enough, the biggest problem will be getting reflections from from the building itself, the structure you're in, um, as opposed to like the camera or, or this or that. But uh, yeah, and and and, and gotta I gotta call you out for that too. I mean, in a positive
4: way. I think what yes. what they did with their uh, fake driving was stunning. I mean, you yeah. did such a good job with your poor man's process. Um, <laughs> again, I think Glenn and I talked about it because he knew that I worked on TV show where we did that all the time. Um, and so the difference is, you know, what Glenn had access to versus what a production, TV production has access to. There's There's no comparison. You know, he was building it from the ground up. And it looks so good. I mean, it was such a well done poor man's process, man. Like that. You should be really proud of that. You and Michael, that was a hell of an accomplishment.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. And that was, that was my biggest concern with the whole movie. It's like, will will that part work? Everything else is fine. It's like, it'll work. I know it'll work. It's like never really done this thing before. So, uh, and Michael was huge there. Like all the background lighting rigs of like a city in the distance kind of out of focus. And, Stuff like that. That was all Michael and the team and Laura and the rest of the gang putting stuff together.
3: Well, let's talk about the thankless job that someone had every night that we were in the studio. That was just pushing the car to make it rock like it was driving.
0: That's too much, too much rocking. And it's not not enough rocking. More rocking. Uh, The rocking, and then and then the the the
4: sisters' Kinder or whoever was going back and forth with the shopping carts. You know, just kind of rolling Mm -hmm. those lights back and
0: forth. We actually great. We had some, uh, for one scene, actually Rich, you weren't there for this one. This was the Jess scene. Uh, we had some, um, I guess, they, yeah, fake plants, like tall, tall, fake plants that we put oh on the roll and we would roll by the car out the window so it looked like the tree. Yeah, yeah, it looked like we were coming to a stop. And then, because it cut to a location that very clearly had real trees right outside the window. And that was, I think that was, that was Michael again, you know, coming up with a Clever, a clever. I like how we're not talking awesome.
3: about the trick that didn't work in the jest scene where we were going to try and I think they were going to like try and put yeah. her on a platform and dolly her away.
2: Dolly her away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, like, but like they missed the cue so like all the plants just like floated yeah. away while she was still standing there and uh, that, that one was
0: It was very trippy. <laughs>
3: very trippy. Very trippy.
4: To watch. That's hilarious. That. Was that out?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I There's just one one things that didn't work. work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Chloe here uh, in the in the chat. She says uh, they're all awesome uh, and made an amazing movie. Uh, my light just blew. Uh, I hope to see more projects, <laughs> including them.
3: Thank you, thank you, Chloe. Um, Good. I appreciate it a lot. I would love to work with these guys again as well. Man, so. yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, Andre also says, uh, that she loves your yard. Hold on one
4: second. I got to take a kid question. Hold on a
0: second. I'll be right back. No worries. Oh, Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Someone loves his yard.
1: Uh, Beth wants to know who has a pet bird. She can hear a bird.
3: Um, I think those are the birds in Richard's yard, but I do have, well, okay. You might've heard Orson just then. Um, I, I have, I'm down to one bird right now. Um, and and now he's getting attention, so he's making noise. So, if you're lucky, you might get to hear him sing at some point. We'll see.
0: All right, very good. And you'll suddenly have copyright issues.
3: <laughs> Maybe
0: with the music.
1: <laughs> it's happened before. Not on the not not yet on these live ones, but on some other videos.
4: Really?
1: Like very small. Ones. But uh, when you guys did the festival run, uh, what was that experience? But, uh, when you guys did the. F-
3: Um, the festivals were good. We we did a lot of regional festivals, and then I think we spoke to you when we were out west for dances with films. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, the the first time. Um,
1: this place is haunted.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of my light because there's suddenly just a huge cloud bank outside, but it's fine. I'm I'm used to looking like. Well, the person to, making threats from a dark cave.
0: We got to have um, a premiere in Oxford, which is cool, because that's where we mm-hmm. met Rich. Um, and we thought Rich was going to be there, uh, be able to be there, but he had a, a convention, I think, or something. But I think it got and snowed. then it
3: ended up getting snowed out anyway, so yeah. Womp, womp. And,
0: uh, got to do Nashville, which was really cool, and uh, several others, uh, Fright
3: Fest Fright Fest
0: it was a huge delight. Mm-hmm. If you guys have never been, which you guys very well may have been, I don't know, but I, I man, it was amazing. I loved it so much. It was so,
1: cool. yeah, yeah, I was at Fright Fest a few years ago, and like, uh, it's huge, and they have multiple screens, and uh, and and there's people there that have tattoos of Fright Fest, and right, yeah, people go and watch every movie, and which is hard to do there because they have, like I said, they have multiple screens, so you almost have to like leave a movie and go watch another movie.
3: Last and The guys one. in charge are so cool. Like yeah. uh, I, Glenn can confirm this for me. Whenever we first got our acceptance to Fright Fest, like the email they sent was so nice that I was like, I think we're being catfished. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to do some work and, and make sure that this guy is legit. Yeah. Uh, and so they just really are really cool people. But yeah, that one was a fun one.
0: Well, the fans there are so freaking so passionate, you know, like they really
3: yeah,
0: yeah. excited to be there. And, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen at other festivals because it definitely does, but it was more of like, basically everyone had that energy. You just kind of feel yeah. excitement to be there and watch stuff together. And, and it was very cool. Very,
2: very cool.
1: Richard, it's good to have you back. Did you, did you make any of the festivals or what festivals did you make? Richard?
4: We, when they came to Southern California, I went to one, which I'm not sure which one that was, was that. Holly Shorts or not Holly Shorts? Uh, Dances with Films. Dances yeah.
3: with Films. Yeah,
4: yeah. So I made it to that one, which was um, that. I, you know, I have no idea. Glenn and Casey obviously doing the sort of behind the scenes festival stuff, so I didn't do any of that. But just being able to see the film at the Man's Chinese Theater in Hollywood was awesome because. I mean, you're never going to see it. At least I'm never going to see it on a better sound system, better picture. You know, it, it projected great, looked great, sounded great. So that was really cool.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> when you're at the festivals, did uh, you get any surprising like uh, reactions from anybody? Because I know sometimes when I'm at a festival, uh, the filmmakers say like they didn't <laughs> expect something to get a laugh or, you know, just something different.
3: Um, I think, I think most of the laughs that we got were where they were supposed to be. Man, Do you need to to cover go up a
0: bird. Do you need to run and go parent as well. Is, that, I, is can that take
3: my, I can take this with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, fortunately, people have kind of been they've definitely been on the same page as the movie. There, there are some things that have gotten bigger laughs than than I expected, but that's always sort of a a, bonus. A happy way to be surprised. <laughs> yeah.
0: For me, I will say the one scene in the whole movie that I was uh, most curious to see how it was going to play out after it was assembled was the one where uh, Rich as Roger hops into the front seat because Casey's character is in the back like sort of semi-knocked out. Um, oh, and the driving? Like yeah, the part? driving. So he drives off. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say too much, huh? yeah. Uh, he, 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 he drives, and I was like, how is this going to play? Because it was very much an assembled uh, you know, selection of shots with some music, and, 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 but it actually worked really well, so it got a really good reaction. So uh, that always makes me very happy.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jaina here wants to know, Jaina Knowles, uh, the scene in front of the aquatic center, did you actually film the entire scene there, or were there only parts in, uh, of it filmed there?
3: That was all in front of the aquatic center. When you hear us talk about like the night that was the worst as far as weather goes, that was the one um, because it's kind of in a big open area. Mm, yeah, there's no there's no trees, there's no hills. The wind is just coming straight through. It was awful. I felt terrible for our uh, entity actors that were there that night.
1: Yeah, man. Is that what they call you? Call them entities? Entities. Mm-hmm. Yeah for lack of a bit. yeah man
0: if uh if there's any chance that you know hell is very very cold that was that was sort of it or like that was the uh near the entrance door or something it was
4: okay see i think it's a good time for you to talk about the uh headlamps glenn wanted to shove in their mouths <laughs> 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 to make their night even like, worse do,
3: ha- do you still have one of those lights by any uh, chance let me
4: go look i'll go parent a little bit over here it's all right there and there's no physical way that anybody can put one of those in, in their yeah. own mouth and that Glenn yeah. was going to force his
1: friends to and stuff you. headlamps in their mouth I guess that right. implied right. that you right. weren't right. his friend
3: but it's you know. probably
1: better that, that they his exactly. like friends as opposed to strangers you don't want to...
3: Um, yeah, it was, well it
4: didn't matter unless they didn't have a lower jaw nobody was going <laughs> to get that thing in their mouth uh-huh. simply not going to happen
3: if, if they could um, they're in the wrong genre of film
4: <laughs> exactly and by the way I'm so glad you said that joke that I was thinking it and wasn't going anywhere near it. So thank you for being the right person for the right joke.
3: Uh-huh. I'm there for you. Yeah, I, uh, I think he had this idea of like when, when the entities were passing from one body to another, that there would be this like bright beam of light.
4: But I got then, a headlamp. I'm gonna get mine. Then, <laughs> he he's just, he's he bought
3: works. these lights that, like, they that's, were like this. they like this size.
0: Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> they weren't that big. Put your hands close to your face. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, a little smaller than that.
3: <laughs> there's you, your there's your <laughs> screenshot, people. That's <laughs> the one. You see.
0: Here's the that's thing.
1: when he uses the thumbnail.
2: Yeah.
0: We're, we're indie filmmakers like we're making short films with no money for a long time. So you try to think of the cheapest way to do something cool depending on your story. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess it's also,
3: it's also worth saying that we were very sleep deprived. Yeah, okay. That's, that's much smaller. I. I
0: <laughs> that's not bad. Try it.
3: Try it out. <laughs> okay, now there's your thumbnail. <laughs>
4: That ain't going back in there. You know what I mean? That once that crosses the two threshold, I'm gonna live with that. Yeah, so never, your budget went. Your budget went real high for everybody when they had to have surgery. They had these headlamps removed.
0: You know what's so bad is that was the day that, like, other than Heather Robuck, who had to go run a very important errand for the movie, everybody else went to have, get pizza before we shot that day. And I was scrambling, getting, like, props and stuff. And I went and bought some of those. Like, I had to have them. So, I spent all this time or I could have been hanging out and chilling. And instead, I got something that we didn't even get to use. <laughs> had to return later. Uh,
2: but we did right. return
0: those, even though they partially went into well, my <laughs> mouth. Because they made me... They made me try to prove that it would work. We gather gather. Well,
4: no, we made you. We made you prove to yourself that it wouldn't work. That yeah. was not, we weren't getting approved. It would work. Yeah. That was never the goal. At no point did we
0: think we'd be going.
4: Huh? Ah, <laughs> it works great.
0: It uh, never worked. I thought it'd be cool to have light, like, kind of, and then we can yeah, like. I, I get the, the idea.
3: <laughs> yes, you're right. It would have been, been great. Would have <laughs> been very cool.
0: So would've cool. But Rich uh, and Jamie did let me hit him with a leaf blower. Oh, like, okay. So yeah. that it was, you know, wind. So troopers,
4: it looked, yes. But What you ended up doing looked great. I mean, it's yeah. a funny story behind the scenes, but what you did worked, worked, you know, really well.
3: Yes, when given the choice between having to have a lamp surgically removed from <laughs> your mouth or getting a leaf blower blasted <laughs> in their face, they chose call, leaf blower.
0: trying to right. off Edgar Wright from... Uh, World's end, I guess.
1: That's kind of a smart way to, to get mm-hmm. you to do something, though, because you ask someone to do something much worse, and then they'll yeah. settle to yeah. do something not so bad.
3: That was your starting bargaining point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Why don't we just use the leak blower instead? Yeah.
3: All
1: right. I'll remember. Cut this.
0: off your okay. arm, mm-hmm. or just put a little blood in your hand.
1: You know? All right. Uh, Rain Trower here wants to know a uh, question for Casey and Glenn: Who would you uh, who would you cast Rich as in Star Grassl Paranormal?
0: Oh, stag rust. Uh, uh, now you're good. That's our ghost hunting mockumentary comedy on Amazon. Prime. Rich, who would Rich be? He
3: he would he would be like a fake psychic. I think so. Or a, 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 a fake medium.
4: I knew you were going to say that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> he could also be like. Well, no, I guess if he was a wealthy guy from out of town getting what he wanted that could be it's not exactly roger but i guess that's sort of yeah we'll go with a fake medium that's pretty good
3: yeah or or like the guy that has a legit ghost hunting show
0: yeah who you find out was a con in the end the whole time yeah probably i love it great
3: either (laughs) way is a dirt bag assume dirt bag
0: (laughs) we we used to always show the show We used to always talk about Rich getting you and Rob on the show at some point, uh, as well as Morgan Freeman and some other people. too.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot of people.
4: Good luck getting Rob, but tell Morgan
0: I say hi. Um,
1: (laughs) Uh, Tristan, do you have a question? I'm sorry to uh, take all the questions. Yeah,
0: Tristan.
2: Tristan, No, it's okay. I don't have questions, but I have, uh, comments that you can extrapolate on if interested. Um, so I don't know what I'm allowed to um, tip, like I'll tiptoe around things and then if you feel like it's safe, we can talk more about it. Okay. But I, I feel like the film sort of set me up to believe one thing. And then um, I really fell for that hook, line, and sinker. And then I realized that it was another thing altogether.
3: Oh, uh, the, yeah. the sort of the fake out with Rogers character in the
2: yeah. beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that good. was good. <laughs> that's good.
0: Yeah, that's good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. so so what, said, Just you know, playing with storytelling and yeah, misdirection sort of yeah. keeping yeah. on your
3: just just a little fun with misdirection and and also sort of starting out their relationship on a bad foot so that they can grow from there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it doesn't get much worse than this, so think, thinking, thinking that someone's going to attack you. I remember that kind of they did.
0: It was in I think it was in the script, Casey, and this is vaguely in the trailer, so I guess we can say it, but like the duct tape, you know, the tape usage. Yeah. Uh, for your character and like getting you know, latching you to the to the steering wheel. Um, I was like, well, is that really going to work? I was like, I don't know if that's really logical. That makes much sense. And then I think when Rich, when you guys did it, it like worked extremely well, like right out of the gate for real.
3: Yeah. I know. Was- and
4: and I, remember I think we all three had that conversation of, this is this going to work? But it worked.
3: Yeah. Oh, I I was not a part of the "is this going to work" conversation because yeah. that was actually like something. I think that was something that happened to an actual rideshare driver that I read about in an article. Like oh. somebody like found them on the side of the road, like duct tape to their steering wheel, <laughs> and and they wow. had a passenger rob them. So so I was pretty confident that if real criminals could do it, then a fake one so might good. good so. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
0: based on a true story. Yes. Yeah. Were you ever
1: going to use a, a real rideshare, name in the in the movie?
3: Nah. Oh
0: man,
1: can't,
3: af- can't awesome. afford it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Your uh, budget. Where where did this stuff come from? About you know you being a, a stand up because uh, you know it's not necessarily a big part of the movie, but I think it adds a lot you know to flesh out the character.
3: Um, I I just I wanted her to have an interest, obviously outside of what she was doing that she was scared to pursue. And I wanted it to kind of be something that her job with rideshare could inform a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't do much up these days, but I have in the past and definitely you take a lot of notes from your, your job that you're working so that you can afford to pursue the thing that you want to do. And I was like, so there you go. She can be, we can, we can see her trying to like, Hone her jokes and her crafts and everything, and plus, you know, I I could have tried to make her a singer, but then we would have had to have music to use and things like that. So it's it it just made more sense the Mm. stand up part.
4: Yeah, I thought it was a clever device. I mean, because then you could sort of provide commentary for the first, you know, the way you did the opening structure, the first act of the film, or the sort of the, the beginning of the movie that was a clever way of you of getting to know you through your pursuit of this career while you're commenting on the life you're currently living and people in the car and stuff. That was really clever. Thank
2: you. Yeah. yeah and, and I feel like, um, like as the audience instantly has empathy for you because we we're understanding like your struggle, you know? So I thought that was very effective to you. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: And the score is great, and uh, you know, you. I think uh, that's important in any movie, but I think you know, especially a movie like this, because uh, it adds a lot of the atten- attention to the to the scenes. You know, what's going to happen? Oh, let they get some audio coming in here. So, who did the score?
3: Matthew uh, Steed.
0: Yeah, Matt Matt Steed, who uh, lives in Birmingham, Birmingham. Uh, He he did an excellent job, and we didn't know Matt before the film, but um, he reached out to us along with uh, quite a few other people, but he was uh, so freaking talented. Yeah. And he just nailed it, and I gave him all my chicken scratch, tons and tons of notes of what I was thinking, and uh, and I I talked to Casey a lot about that stuff too, and he just nailed it like right out of the gate, you know?
3: Yeah, and I would would say that Glenn and I are both – appreciators of music but we're not musicians we're not songwriters um so we 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 can't speak the language of music necessarily he's really good at taking like our sort of layman's terms and translating it into what we were looking for in any given scene and that was that that made that process much much easier
1: uh, Beth says she's crying at Glenn's Birmingham accent.
0: Birmingham, Birmingham.
1: There Best a little Birmingham. bit of
0: delay on I, I thought it worked. Good job, Glenn. Yeah. What a hustle.
1: So what's the feedback <laughs> been like? You know, because uh, originally, you know, festival scene and then video on demand and now it's on DVD. So, you know, more and more audiences get to see it.
3: Um, surprisingly positive. Like I, I like the movie, obviously, but I'm yeah. a biased source. I and, like it too, and and I feel like people's. I mean, for one thing, all good things are not for all good people. Some people just aren't going to like your movie, and the more people to see it, the greater the odds are that they're not. But like, I I don't know. We haven't we haven't gotten. Um, as much, I guess, I don't even know what to call it. Backlash doesn't seem like the right word, but it's the only one that I can think of as, as I was sort of bracing myself for, I'm going to knock on some wood right quick because I definitely don't want to like bring that down upon my head, but um, yeah, like it, it seems to uh, connect with people and they're having fun with it and that's what we wanted. So like for me personally, I've been really, really happy with the reception that it's had. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: Yeah. Well, there was, there's some reviews and I try to read the ones that I see come across Twitter and they're, I mean, everything I've been seeing is very positive. And it's interesting Casey, you commented on one of them where essentially the, the review summation was, you know, I'm surprised I didn't hate this or so, you know, like it was, it was like, I you know, I really enjoyed this, which is not what I expected. You're like, thanks.
1: You know, yeah. um, but <laughs> I went in and really wanted to hate this movie, but
4: I, I love let winning me down. over I
3: non-believers. Like
4: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, I think I, I personally think that when you get low budget movies, you expect a low budget movie. And I think low budget movie means different things, to different people. Um, what low budget movie doesn't have to mean is poor story structure, poor storytelling and poor uh, elements meaning bad you know, bad focus, bad picture, bad lighting, bad sound. The the film doesn't fall into any of those traps. So I think that that's if there's any surprise element, it's that it's, it's it kind of checks every box successfully. Mm-hmm. um and i think that makes people go wow this I, I don't necessarily know the people involved in this movie including that that ass on the cover but when i watch the movie <laughs> i know
3: have oh, we released uh, the ass cover already <laughs> <laughs> i thought we were hanging on to that one till
4: <laughs> no i would get Glenn, Glenn wanted a soft alert. opening if you know <laughs> what i mean um <laughs> so uh uh so anyway, I just think, I think, I think that is, is one of those things where it succeeds, you know. And, and I, again, I attribute that's, that has nothing to do with me. That's solely based on all the work Glenn and Casey did and the team they, they surrounded themselves with because anything that could have made this thing feel, well, they had to cut that corner. You never feel it. You never feel the constraints on the screen. And so you watch the movie and you enjoy the story. And you enjoy the character arcs, and you enjoy the thrills and you enjoy all the all the beats in this in the story, without ever thinking that there're like I said at the beginning that there's a caveat to it all because there's not
1: uh yes, uh someone here in the chat i just the, it scrolled by, but uh they said that they watch a movie with someone who didn't have any uh, knowledge of it beforehand, like they did and, and they loved it, and oh, that's now good. a right. lot of people are demanding the ass cover
0: yes. wow, that didn't take long. Good
4: job, Rich. i people are demanding that ass cover. There's a whole other section of people who are feeling the very opposite.
3: <laughs> uh, All right. Sound off Glenn, in the comments. Do- Let's take a poll.
4: Yeah. <laughs> the ass on, the, on the behind-the-scenes right. stuff, which I have, not, I have not seen the DVD behind-the-scenes stuff, but you put behind-the-scenes yeah. things. Yeah. Like. So do you show any of you doing the uh, – um, You're going to say ass stuff? What? stuff. No, the poor man's uh, processed car stuff. Did you did you show any of that?
0: Uh, a little bit, but it's it's mainly like the camera's kind of on the two of you or one of you, and it might tilt over just for a hair, and you'd see Heather. Or John, or somebody pushing it. I don't think we have any like straight up. Well, there's photos though. There's photos. Yeah.
3: The problem with a skeleton crew is that you don't get as much behind the scenes footage as you'd like because everyone's always doing something.
4: Yeah. A a, a hundred percent. There's nobody just going like, I think I'll dink around and take some shots.
2: Yeah.
4: (laughs) No, you'll make lunch. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how it went. Yeah. One thing with the film, uh, talking about reactions, and since it's come out, is this is a movie that definitely kind of touches on different genres, whether it be horror or thriller or, or comedy, or uh, as somebody called it recently, non-rom-rom-com, which is my new favorite genre. Uh, that's interesting, actually. Oh, that's it. funny. I forget. I'm sorry. I forget who who said that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, and, and you guys, you obviously deal with a lot of horror films and, and horror fans. And, and so this is a movie – that is in that world. But um, depending on what somebody wants from their horror film, you know, there's not a, a, there's not buckets and buckets of blood necessarily. So whenever we were doing festivals, and genre festivals, you're kind of like, well, how is this going to, what's the reaction going to be? Like, are they going to kind of run us out of town? um, Or, or not? And I mean I was I was delighted that, that at all those festivals and stuff that we played at that were sort of genre festivals, they seemed to really, you know, enjoy they you know, maybe they maybe didn't have everything they were looking for, maybe it did, I don't know. But but they seemed to come out of it really enjoying the fun ride element, which is which is what we'd hoped for. So yeah. um, that was I guess you could say a pleasant surprise or just a pleasant outcome that I was pretty happy about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what I personally like about uh, festivals are uh, there's a lot of movies that either don't fit in any genre or multiple genres that, you know, might not play somewhere else. And uh, there's an audience, you know, uh, for those kind of movies at the festivals. But cool. did that ever come up when you're submitting it to any other of those genre festivals? Like maybe someone did say like it wasn't horror enough. I know you guys played a lot of festivals, so maybe it didn't come up.
3: I think I think if it wasn't, they just didn't accept us. Right, right. they didn't tell you what.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, I don't know if, Casey, we've talked about this, and we have mentioned like some of Edgar Wright's movies just because he does sort of horror comedies or comedy horrors or thrillers or whatever, a few of his films, is that it, it seemed to really hit overseas. Like, maybe they're more in tune with that subgenre than other places. I don't know.
1: Uh, Valerie says uh, a <laughs> lack of blood and explicit violence was great on my side. Since most of my friends who aren't into horror are open to watch driven yeah. and liked it because of good horror thriller, but it doesn't overwhelm you.
3: Oh, hey, yeah, that's good. Hey Val. Yes. Oh, is this Twitter Val?
1: I think so. Yeah. So if it, it looks like I'm looking at my phone, but I'm actually just trying to find the questions because it's not scrolling over. It's okay. Either.
3: I was looking at my phone earlier, right. but I just, I had a friend who almost never calls me calling. So I was right. briefly concerned.
1: Noah Hopefully s- they're fine. Noah says, I hope there's a sequel in the works or you will work again with Richard on something.
0: I like both of those ideas.
1: I don't nah. want a sequel.
0: Oh, here's the mm. new PC. Casey doesn't want a sequel, and I would make a sequel if they don't ride around in a car. If they get out of the car, we're not doing a car.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Wait, Wait, I lost you. What did you say, Glenn? You say you do a sequel if what? There's as no... long as, as long as they
4: you guys are not in a car. There could driven be no
1: too, car. but there's no car.
4: Yeah. Or, to, or make her drive a convertible or something where you get her to shoot.
0: Well, Casey, we joke about this a lot. <laughs> Casey is like, "I, I don't want to do, I don't want to do a sequel," which is totally fine cool. But then she mentioned. Some some story possible story plot a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Ha!
2: Wait, no what way. did I
0: do? Oh, you yeah, were, you did. You were talking about seeing uh, Emerson do stand up, and, and
3: the- was I altered?
0: I mean, yeah, Let's just go. To- <laughs> well,
3: don't listen to me then. <laughs> <laughs> Why <laughs> delete that?
2: What else did she say? Well, yeah, I was about to say. Right?
0: <laughs> I was like, "That's a really good, that's a good idea." I, I love that you're planting seeds in my head for me. No, <laughs> no,
3: no. That that was. I think that was. Uh, I think that was answering uh, Rain's question for the website of just uh, what I what I thought. Like Emerson's life was like post. Maybe,
4: Maybe so.
3: post movie and like oh, like man. how did I see her stand up going and well, I wasn't stuff. talking about the sequel. <laughs>
0: No, well, you were. You were. You don't remember.
3: You were. Something I want to mention was about
1: Roger's character. Is like his his whole like inspiration. Really, he's like uh, he has like demonic guilt. Like his uh, family, you know, did this thing, and now he's trying to to make amends for that. So, uh, when you were writing that, was that like a you know, big part of like uh, the character?
3: Yeah, I Roger is. <laughs> super- <laughs> I think the mailman's here, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think Roger is just sort of a better person than the rest of his family. Like, like he obviously has the same privileges and everything that they do, but to him, it's ultimately not worth it. And, and that was a big part of sort of who he was as a character. There's even a line, and, and maybe I ruined it by like throwing in an extra joke but like the fact that he sort of made the decision not to start a family because he knows that like more Austrians, that's his last name, means more demons, like that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big sacrifice for a person to make. And, um, and that's sort of when Emerson starts softening towards him a little bit is when he, he says that. And like I said, I think it kind of gets lost in the joke perhaps that is made in that scene. But um, yeah, I think that he feels like even if it's not something that he personally set in motion, like he has a lot to atone for and, and he's out there doing the work to do that. And I love that about, I'm defending
4: your joke. I don't think it, I don't think it's lost in the joke because I think the joke is Roger's not aware of the joke. It's not a joke that he's making. It's a joke. Like he's telling his honest story and you have the, you don't say moment. Yeah, um, but so I think the audience it, through Emerson can comment on that ridiculousness. But I think he actually is stating what your your point is, which that he actually is intent on doing this, doing more harm than good. Buying vice versa, doing more good than harm.
0: Right. So, Rich, Rich, when do you and Casey? You can answer this after if you want. When do you think Roger, as a, even as a kid or whatever, noticed that? he and his family were getting some weird benefits to life. And when do you think he didn't feel okay about that? You can well, it. it's fine.
4: I was going to say your, your question and a good one would be better served delivered to an actor who does backstory work. Uh, and you know, puts time and effort into the character development. Um, but, uh, Benedict's busy. So it's, you got me, uh, Yeah, we you know, know. I, he told us I know. Hey, after the fifth. No, he's like, Try spate.
3: Um
4: I, uh you know, I always, you know, it's it's not to go political on the whole thing, but you know that you, you look at Roger's character, and if you strip away the comedy and the joke and the and the and the and the, the, the story of the demons, it's this classic trust fund kid who realizes that his parents were using you know, child labor in a foreign country to make their very profitable items. And that guy sets, you know, sets forth to unravel that. And in so doing brings the corporation to crumbling to his knees and stockholders get mad at him, but he's done the moral good. And so I always feel like it's, it would be Roger in his older years when he has that revelation, you know, in his twenties when he's, you know, outside the mansion going to Princeton and, you know, studying and meeting people outside the sort of little bubble he lives in. Um, and that's when you would have, that's when you would figure it out. When you would see somebody's stock not do well and you're like, huh, oh, that's weird. Our stocks always do well. And when you'd see somebody's entrepreneurial effort stumble, you're like, huh, oh, that's weird. Cause every idea we have succeeds. And then you would start digging deeper and doing all the research that led us, let him to. To enter this movie, but you you got to figure it's decades of of work for him to undig this because it wouldn't be anything they would offer up. Yeah, anybody in his family because mm-hmm. they they like the perks of the of the
1: situation.
0: There's your Baby Roger movie. <laughs> a, yeah, Rain
1: brought up cool. part two could be on a tandem bike, which I think is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make sense. It makes perfect sense. Right, ridden will be the.
3: Really? Yeah, at well, that God. point, we're just doing The Great Muppet Caper, which I'm all for. So let's let's do it. Right.
0: So many Dolly Shots, Casey. Yeah.
3: So dolly shots. Oh, oh, never mind. I canceled it. The sequel's he hates, off. He hates Dolly Shots. Yeah. I do. And if not a sequel, maybe a
1: spinoff uh, about the turd spoon.
3: Yeah. Perfect.
1: What is the inspiration for Turd Spoon?
3: Um, being broke and owning a turd spoon <laughs> at one point in my life. All right. I do not currently have a turd spoon. My, okay. The plumbing in my house is excellent, and I am grateful for that.
4: Yeah, fate has smiled upon you, from yes. a plumb, plumbing perspective.
1: Yeah. And so far, everyone is pro uh, ass cover. I don't. I haven't seen any anti-ass cover yet.
4: <laughs> well, I think we're. I think we're playing to the ass cover crowd right now. I don't that sure is very true.
1: Out, uh, right?
4: Yeah. yeah. Take a, that out of this bubble. That is uh,
1: definitely all right. So. <laughs> hashtag turd spoon forever i like that yeah yeah very good so uh you can get driven on dvd or video on demand on amazon and uh wherever you get your dvds
3: when somebody just texted me a question for you
0: oh okay outside of the box what's up yeah
3: sorry um how is your twitter friendship with edgar wright going
0: man here's the thing edgar and i are hot and cold man yeah, I mean, I make a we do a cool video in England that you shoot. Right. You liked it because we were mimicking the long shot in Shaun of the Dead. Well, Casey did all the hard work, and he liked my tweet. And I was like, cool. We're kind of like it's like we're married. We're
3: basically, best friends now.
0: Yeah, we're best friends. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of days ago, I just wrote. I was like, Hey, what you working on, Edgar? Right? I need to watch something really cool. And he wrote back. He just was like, I'm working on this. And then, nothing. Look at Crickets. you. Crickets. I tried to get him to watch our movie. I was like, cool. Also, check out this movie that we just made. And then nothing. Got nothing back. <laughs> oh, uh, We're going to keep working on it. We're going to keep working on
3: it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, sirens,
0: huh?
1: <laughs> Chloe wants to know what was your uh, favorite scene to do together? For Richard and Kate. I'm
3: gonna, I'm gonna mute myself for a minute. <laughs> all right,
1: all
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> they have That is a, they have that is so a cacophony
1: of
4: uh, animal sounds <laughs> over there. Uh-huh. Um, favorite scene to do together? Uh, oh, that's hard to say. Uh, I really enjoyed, uh, and I say it's hard to say because I just enjoyed the whole process. And beginning. it was felt very, felt very much like doing a play. But I think I will say that one of my favorite scenes is when I'm in the back seat and we just get away from the cemetery and we start talking about what we need to do. And then Casey, I, and we get to the bottom of the turd uh legacy. Uh-huh. And I think that scene is really fun. I won't go deep into it, but I think it's a, I think it's a, a, a fun back and forth between the characters and, and a, a nice moment that is, you know, based on a serious event, there's sort of tension to the beginning of it and it becomes a very fun back and forth
0: it mm-hmm. was that was a that was a longer scene with the physicality, right? Where you, I was in the back. Yeah, from the front. Yeah. Was that? I, I think, think that was leaving, leaving the gas ideas. station. Was that?
3: I think that was leaving the, the gas, gas station. station.
0: That's after the gas, or was it one of the houses? The gas station.
3: The gas station.
0: Yeah, where he does he does is leaving the company. gas station.
3: Yeah. He has his
0: number right here.
3: Hey bud,
2: is that right <laughs> good. There. How you
4: doing? Um. Yeah, I think it was – but that was fun. It was a fun back and forth, and the blocking was fun, and it just made for an interesting sequence. Mm
1: -hmm. We talked before we went live about uh, filming in Mississippi, and uh, so what is, like, the the film world in Mississippi like? Are there a lot of filmmakers?
3: There's more than you'd think. Yeah. I I wouldn't say a lot, but also I think probably more than people realize.
0: Yeah, it's a good scene. It's a good indie. I, was, I can only speak to it as a guy who's, yeah,
4: I've only been there to the festival a couple of times, worked with these guys, but going to the festival twice, I was very impressed with how many people were there committed to doing good work and you know screening good work. And if it wasn't, you know, Mississippi, it was uh, the surrounding area. And, you know, there was an audience at the festivals. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just the filmmakers, it's the people who want to see indie film. And I thought that was, that was cool.
1: Yeah. I always say on the show, cause I, I'm a big uh, festival guy, like, uh, um, wherever you are, there's probably some type of, uh, like uh, film community there and you, you, know, you should try to seek them out and either, either just go to the festivals, uh, when we can do festivals again, or, you know, if you were interested in, you know, working in movies or something, but there's, there's, there's a film community somewhere, you know, yeah. in your area.
2: Absolutely. Um, exactly.
1: Andrea wants to know, uh, what, what, uh, projects do all of you have in the works?
0: Man, it's a good question. Um, there's, there's something secret we've been working on. So that's about all I can say about that. All right. There's, uh, just sort of a no budget thing. And then, uh, we, we put up episode four of stag wrestle paranormal, which we mentioned earlier. It's on Amazon and it's a lot of fun. Uh, like to laugh or zany characters,
1: very anti-laughter.
0: And yeah. Well, you're going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the next big, you know, big movie is going to be. Um, so kind of starting to maybe begin kicking around those ideas. I guess.
3: Yeah.
1: Are we sell Richard.
4: Uh, uh, no clue. No,
1: no, no, no idea when production
4: will come back. I got, uh, Two two episodes of Lucifer that I directed will are coming out. Oh, wow. Lucifer season five start drops in August, so I directed two episodes of that of that season. So some stuff I've worked on is about to come out. Um, but barring that, I'm just not sure what's going to happen with with productions and and the industry itself. Uh, I did make a fun COVID music video for one of the.
1: It's always a weird statement. Where, I made a fun COVID, and then I'm not sure where it's well, going from there.
4: It ended up being like this, like every band member shot their own stuff and an iPhone sent it to me and I cut it together. Yeah. So it was a fun really sort of cool. uh, film project. It was, so looking forward to getting that out there, but I'm going to delay that for a while until um, the temperature feels better. Um, mm. Until until then, man, it's just, you know, homeschooling and home camping and home everything. And-
1: mm-hmm. Very good. Alright. Well there's been a ton of ton of people here in the uh on the Facebook group and uh like I said, all of them are, are pro ass, so and all of them seem <laughs> to love the movie. Well
4: yeah. I like the well, fact that you were saying like, they seem to love the movie. We're not sure about the movie. They're real in the bottoms, but we're not they're on the <laughs> fence about the film.
0: <laughs> well uh we'll ask everyone to review the film on the IMDb Amazon. because yeah, that is a
1: that is a big uh the help yeah. to independent film is uh, people uh, yeah. not then just we'll, talking about them but also you know, reviewing them and yeah, tell you know. your
3: friends. And if they ask to borrow your copy, say no, get your <laughs> yeah, own. No.
4: But I'd say, like, I'm saying what Casey says recommended if you like a movie, recommend it to your buddies, especially in this time period where so many people are consuming so much entertainment online. Um, the more you can recommend movies that matter to you and that matter to the filmmakers, the better off it is for your friends who will enjoy the movie and for the filmmakers. So uh, word of mouth is a powerful tool and social media is a powerful tool. So we'd appreciate you using it. Yeah. Good.
3: I have a question for everyone. A- apart from driven, what has your favorite uh, like quarantine show or movie been that you've like discovered and watched while <sighs> in this time? It's an interesting I question. Liked,
4: I-, I watched devs. Did you guys see that on Hulu? The movie? Okay. Yeah it's a it's a series.
3: Oh okay. dvs
4: It's by okay, one of my favorite movies a couple of years ago was Ex Machina. And it's by yeah, the same that. same guy who wrote and directed Ex Machina, wrote and directed this entire series. Okay. Um and it's on Hulu and it's really good. Um so I recommend that. D E V S
0: Debs. Really good. Okay.
3: D V S, okay, gotcha.
0: Um Casey, I think. Probably sex education for me, I guess. Um, yeah. on Netflix. What?
4: What? And what shows have you been watching?
0: Doing <laughs> a lot of stuff. Look, you know what's funny
4: is Casey will back me up on this. Glenn's incredibly dirty, and he and he, but he plays it off well by being kind of the all shucks guy.
0: Mm-hmm. But
4: Lord have mercy, I mean, I worked with him, and it's a locker
0: room. Well, I am um, playing, I'm playing an ass uh, cover for a Blu-ray. <laughs> I
3: don't
0: even remember the original <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> forgotten the original reference. Um, Richard
3: know. referred to himself as that ass on the cover, and then I you. asked if you had released the ass cover yet.
4: That's what it was. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You can't write that stuff, except for sometimes you do. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. uh,
4: but yeah, you guys should watch uh, Sex Education.
3: Y'all got year. to calm down.
4: <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty. you talking to glenn and me or
3: i'm talking to my dogs Same thing. I'm, about, I'm about to get canceled because i'm taking them to the pound when this is over uh, not really um, i love my dogs they're just crazy making right now
1: Tristan,
4: uh, I, I, oh, i'm gonna have to sign off because i've got some kids getting out of their okay. summer studies so, so I yeah sounds good go right. parent but
1: well thank you, thank you for having, having us. us
4: on here thanks for letting us talk about the movie uh yes. this is another great way to get word of Word of the movie out to people. Uh, and we appreciate any retweeting, Facebooking, Instagramming, whatever else you want to do, and reviewing would be great. Thanks, guys. Take Thanks. care. Thank Stay you. safe. Yeah. Thank you all. Thanks for Take having care. me. Bye. Yeah. Bye. All right.
1: Before we wrap up quick. Trista, did you have something that you discovered on? Uh, oh, uh,
2: yeah. I, I, we've actually both been listening to If It Bleeds, um,
0: yeah.
2: which is Stephen King's. New book. It's my
0: first audiobook and i oh, okay. oh yeah, I was like, I know that name, but I couldn't yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, Stephen King, you might have heard of him. <laughs>
2: yeah. And and look, you know,
1: we're That's we're familiar.
3: We're we're low budget starting out folks, so we like to support other people in the same boat as us. So we'll we'll give that upstart a read.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of audiobooks, because uh, I walk a lot and it gives me something to listen to.
3: Yeah, have, have either have either of you read the Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Slaying? I have not. I think I recommend it, but it's very stressful. So,
0: and a we'll fun out. possibly indie vampire film everyone should check out It's called From the Dark. If you haven't seen, I think it was I call it the Irish vampire movie. Maybe I have the wrong. Oh wow! The right uh, country there, hopefully. Yeah, yeah.
1: and it. It's not just like one thing, but I do want to, because Chris and I have also been watching uh, a lot of the shorts from uh, the upcoming Sick and Wrong Film Festival. It's coming up. It's going to be virtual this year. And uh, we're going to have a bunch of the people on next week. But really amazing shorts, like a lot of creativity and really diverse uh, stuff. Like there's some really silly stuff that I like and then some really serious stuff that I also like. So uh, I would recommend Sick and Wrong Film Festival. They have a good collection of, of weird shorts. Cool.
0: Cool, 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 cool
1: uh so anyway and everyone's thanking us for doing this we'll thank everyone for watching
3: thank you guys for tuning in yeah this yeah. is awesome thanks and ha- thanks for having us
2: yeah
1: oh and real quick too uh, can i ask one more question is uh are you both interested in uh paranormal investigation I somewhat. Show
0: or? yeah we have,
1: I, I, you go ahead uh,
0: I was going to say we have friends who have a uh, a group that do a lot of investigating and there's a lot of other groups in our areas, but one just happens to be a really good friend. Right. Uh, Casey, you've gone on.
3: Uh, yeah. I, too. I went on a, I went on a couple at um, the arts center where we, where we perform improv, the link center here in Tupelo, because there's been, it's been pretty active a lot over the years. Um, it's really interesting stuff, but I feel like you get, like it, you, you have more weird interactions the less people there are. Um, so I, I, I guess I am probably more interested in just like going to creepy and potentially haunted locations. But yeah, our friends uh, Josh and and his crew like lend us all the ghost hunting gear that we use on the show. So what you what you all see is like real stuff. Um, and, and they have some interesting stories. So.
0: We talked about doing stuff like over the years of uh, going to locations that are, you know, sort of known to be very active or, or haunted uh, with, with the actors, the rest of the, the, the squad stuff and doing some cool things like that. But in the end, just filming it and doing the typical, normal filmmaking elements kind of is, a, is something you barely tend to get done. So it ends up uh, kind of consuming all the energy that
1: we have yeah. yeah yeah trista does a paranormal uh, investigation out in la
2: oh uh, yeah. yeah and we actually speaking of indie films we just watched uh followed Brother, yeah uh which is out in drive-ins now which is yeah. about um a paranormal investigation at the cecil hotel which is a famous haunted hotel in la
1: cool
0: very cool yeah,
1: it's a really cool movie it's currently number one uh, at, at the drive-in so
0: at the drive-in yeah. wow
1: all because they came on without your head
0: so. <laughs> yeah that's awesome hey man we'll show the drive-in
1: <laughs> yeah it's really weird to plug a movie at the drive-in i never done yeah, just just
0: hearing it. that yeah. phrase it's got a trip gotta
1: yeah all right guys well this is very cool and thanks yeah. for doing this again. And it'll be good sure. to have you guys back next time something yeah. when number two comes out or turd spoon or
3: the yeah. ass cover or whatever. No, no driven sequels. All right. Tandem it's, bike riding. Maybe an ass cover. We'll see. All right. Colonel. Uh, Thank
2: you. Again. Right. Thank Thank you. you it's good to thanks meet you and good to yeah. see
3: you again, Neil. Thank you as well.
0: Bye. Right. Bye. Bye, everyone. From ancient terrors to the search
3: for modern-day conspiracies, The Tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound and horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley we
2: should have listened here on Now we're gonna die
4: The Tomb of Nick Cage
2: Mostly, they're coming tonight! They're coming tonight! They're coming
3: tonight! They're Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The
2: Tomb of Nick Cage. Okay.